This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. Two very different stories to share with you, although they are both stories of survival. And both of our guests today are women who had their lives changed by hearing one sentence. One sentence that stayed with them and one sentence that ultimately saved their lives and changed their lives. Something to think about. Did you ever hear a sentence that changed you? It's truly amazing when you think about it, how one little thing we say can affect another person forever. And maybe that's something we can talk about when we get together this summer. Register soon. We've got two inspirational weekends planned. One July in Mariondale, Ossining. The other in August at Graymore Garrison. Find out about these and so much more at Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On, the health and happiness show is brought to you by CBD Live Natural. Where do you start with CBD oil? Start with an expert like Marcy Manfredonia. She has CBD Live Natural shops in Bedford Hills, the Westchester, and the Stamford Town Center. The website helps too, cbdlivenatural.com. Okay, let's meet our first guest, Kiel Bergen, who helps women find their voices and tell their story. Her website says, I am Keel. I am worthy, powerful, connected, and sensual, experiencing life with abundance, laughter, and vulnerability. Whew. It took me decades to find those words and longer to believe them. The words are truly me. They came from the deepest, most thoughtful part of me. I was born with them. They may have taken a long time to float to the surface, but now they ruminate truth and encourage me to live bolder. Keel grew up in beautiful Spring Lake, New Jersey. Have you ever been? Oh my goodness. It's a shore town. They call it the Irish Riviera, but not for Keel. Her book is called Holy Unraveled. It's a memoir. Keel, why this book now? Well, I fundamentally believe that in order to heal, we need to tell our stories out loud. I believe that once we tell those stories out loud, it releases all the shame and the fear and the doubt that we had. Uh, because we've said it now, and we own it, and we can move forward and heal from that by saying it out loud. And I needed to tell my story first, because I can't ask you to tell your story without having told mine. Right. We are just talking about uh, beautiful Spring Lake, New Jersey, the Irish Riviera, and how it is just, you know, heaven on earth. If you haven't been to Spring Lake, by all means, go there this summer or anytime soon. But growing up there, Keel, you were in a Catholic cult. So your title, Holy Unraveled, means a, a couple of different things here. Uh, where do you want to start the story? I guess I would start at the beginning. I, I grew up in a Catholic cult. My dad was one of the leaders of the cult. And so really what I came to believe was it wasn't really about the cult as much as it was that I believed my dad was God because he was all powerful. And when you have that kind of dominance from the male, it took me decades to be able to find my own voice because I was told I have no voice. Uh, you're not to have an opinion. You're to wear, you know, the, the women were called handmaids of the Lord and they wore long skirts and eventually they were 
were told they were not allowed to highlight their hair or wear makeup. And as a little girl, I was watching the color drip from my mother's face until finally she couldn't even wear lipstick. And there were arranged marriages and women did not go to college. And so it took a lot for me to break out of that and to find my own worth and to say, no, I, I actually have a voice and I'm going to use it. Wow, that's healing. That's a long journey. Was there ever a time when you felt man, I must be special because my dad is God. No, I never had that because it was so scary. Um, I never really knew what to expect when he would come in the door. So there were nights where we would be having dinner and I would have to speak in tongues to be released from the table. And, you know, when you're 12, you don't, I don't, I didn't even understand what that meant. It was, you know, supposed to be the, the language of the Holy Spirit. But for me, it was just scary sounds coming out of someone's mouth. And then my dad would interpret what you had just said from God. So I never really felt the specialness. I felt the separateness from the rest of the world more than I felt together or special. We're talking to Kiel Bergen, Holy Unraveled, a memoir is her book. There's so many things I want to say, but I'll say one of them, you're not the first woman I've spoke to who was raised in a Catholic cult. Do you know that? Yeah, I do know that. I actually had dinner with Mike Resendez, who broke the Boston Globe story years ago, Spotlight, and we had a great couple-hour discussion around this. Is Really, people are getting brave enough to come out and speak, and like I said earlier, tell your story so that we can all be accountable for who we are and explore the actions and our failures and, and the whys, and then you know really have a radical transformation and live the life that we're meant to live. Where's your faith now? What do you believe in now? Oh, I am an eternal optimist on love. I do believe that there is a beautiful energy out there that we can tap into. I practice Kundalini yoga and meditation, so I'm a, a huge meditator. I believe in that wholeheartedly um, because it puts me back inside myself. I do a meditation with my eyes closed in Kundalini about an hour and a half. I try to do two or three times a week, and it's very centering for me. So religion is not for me anymore, um, and I don't have anything negative really to say about it except that I would not follow the rules. I don't like when the rules are put on people. But what people choose for their own spirituality or religion is such an individual choice. And as long as the person is making the choice and it's not forced on them, then I believe everyone should just find what feels right for them inside. What saved you? What saved me? Great question. Well, ultimately I had to save myself. But the way I did that was through a place called Madonna House. I got really destitute in my 20s. When I didn't have my father and, and other people telling me what to do, I chased adrenaline, and that was a really bad choice. Um, I, I made lots of bad choices. Um, and then I woke up kind of destitute. And I can, I can say, you know, I woke up one morning, I had lost my car, I'd been evicted from another apartment that I had listed in someone else's name. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to die if I don't do something. I don't figure out this emptiness inside. And so for me, that meant I remembered the one priest he was the Archbishop of Galilee, and he stayed in Spring Lake for a summer. And I got to hang out with him, and he was a beautiful man. He used to talk about Marilyn Monroe, and he gave me communion when he wasn't allowed to. And he didn't have the rules. He just had the love. And he said to me once, I was very, I was little, I was like 12 or 13, and he said, all there is is love. And I remembered him saying that this particular morning in my 20s. And I went to a place where I knew he lived. So I hitchhiked to a place called Madonna. House. It's a lay apostolate community where men and women and priests live with promises of poverty, chastity, and obedience. What I didn't know was that 
uh, it's in silence. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up there. I got off a bus. Someone put me on a bus, bought me a bus ticket after I had hitchhiked. And I got there and they were all, it was very uh, organized. You know, you went to lodge in the morning and vespers at night and church in the middle and um, very, very Catholic, but different Catholic. It was so loving. I healed there. I ended up staying there for over a year and being silent and working and shearing sheep and milking cows. And there was no running water and no refrigeration. And we lived off the land. And I lived in a dorm room of 50 women. And I just got quiet. And when I got quiet, at first, the demons got really loud inside. All those stories and all the things that happened to me. But I walked through it. And with the love of that place holding me, I was able to heal. Wow. So really, one sentence from one man was your lifeline when times got really tough. Yes, it really was. Those words reverberated in me and I went, yeah, I I can love. Love is something I can hold on to. Excellent. Wow. What a story. How is your life now? Oh, I love my life. I have a fantastic life. I've got a, a great business called Bee Tribe, where we cultivate tribes of women we put together in group 12, and we walk them through the patterns and the fears that don't serve them anymore, and we take them through a six-month curriculum together with the accountability and the love that happens in a tribe of women until they can cross the chasm and lean into their old patterns and break them and have a radical transformation at the end. And I write, and I love that. Empowering women and writing, sign me up. And I've got three beautiful boys and um, my own tribe of women that I adore and love and have become my family. Beautiful. All right, these these tribes of yours, we have to come to see you in Colorado for this? No, they're across the country. Uh, I put them together all around the country, and usually they're not in the same place because I want people to really have that. Um, we're building a network of people who have told their story and broken through and found their voice so that eventually wherever you travel in the country, you can look up your be your tribe people, and they'll understand the lingo and um, that you've also been through this great transformation. Find your bee tribe people. Find Kiel Bergen at K-E-E-L-E-B-U-R-G-I-N dot com. I think she'll be back again. And so will we right after this. At CBD Live Natural, their goal is to bring their customers the best all-natural products. There is a solution to change your quality of life that will help you live naturally without prescription drugs, which means you'll feel your best. CBD aids with health issues from fibromyalgia to anxiety, joint pain and eczema, acne, and so much more. The staff at CBD Live Natural really know their products, which helps them determine what's best for you, from oils and lotions and creams to candles, edibles, and even pet products. At CBD Live Natural, they don't just sell the products, they're consumers just like you. So you can trust them to recommend the best all-natural products to help you live natural and feel great doing it. CBD Live Natural stores can be found in Bedford Hills, the Westchester Mall in White Plains, and the Stanford Town Center in Stanford, Connecticut. Or you could shop online at their website anytime. CBDLiveNatural.com Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. Stop by Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co, and see what's cooking for summer plans. I've got a big media training day coming up, the Open Center in New York City. If you advertise or if you want to be a guest on a radio show, this is for you August 14th at the Open Center. Looking forward. Spiritual and broke. That's something you don't want to be, but that's exactly what Jennifer Noel Taylor was. And then a single word, woke her up. Jennifer is a CEO of a company that heals. 
So right now I run a company called Quantum Touch, and we teach energy medicine workshops around the world. I love it. I love what I do. Quantum Touch. And is this a modality that you birthed? Um, I actually didn't birth it. My business partner, Richard Gordon, birthed the modality. And then I met him about 17 years ago at a lecture he was doing on Maui and got this feeling that I I needed to run his his company. And uh, to make a long story short, I ended up um, running the uh, business side of his company. And I've just been doing that the last 17 years. So Jennifer said, I love Quantum Touch. and, And Richard, I love what you do so much let me run your company, but the money didn't stick to you. How come? You know, one of the things that I fell into the category that I believe a lot of Americans are struggling with is, you know, 75% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. And that was certainly the case when I uh, started running the company. And uh, one of my uh, wise friends once told me, it isn't the money you make, it's how much you keep. One of the problems that I was struggling with is I just wasn't really keeping any of the revenue coming in for for a myriad of reasons. That was probably my biggest issue. Okay, so for everyone who, you know, traded their day job in to buy that Reiki table and start up a new business (laughs) or do craniosacral therapy or reflexology or massage or meditation or yoga or fill in the blank for all of those people and many more who maybe be, you know, want to live their dream. What was the turnaround for you? How were you able to be both spiritual and comfortable? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so my turnaround uh, came to me actually in the back of a police car, of all things. It was kind of a very dark, a dark moment for me. A, a man had broken into my house and uh, turned into a, a robbery and, and a sexual assault. And um, they had to take me to the, the officers had to take me to the rape trauma center. And uh, so I was escorted to the back of a police car. And I was sitting there, you know, in a state of immense shock. And, you know, just kind of my whole life had fallen apart. And I was just sitting there and uh, not really paying attention. But I got sort of this feeling or message from the universe that I needed to pay attention. And what I heard over the radio really shocked me. One of the officers said, uh, we're now transporting the victim to the uh, the rape trauma center and that that word victim just it it struck an errant chord within me because it bothered me um hearing my name associated with with victim just struck me the wrong way and and the reason is is because i had i was teaching uh, workshops in energy medicine which is the basis of empowered thinking we're teaching a law of attraction that we create our reality we're teaching all these empowered you know ideas and the last thing i wanted to be perceived at was a victim so inside my head after the officer said that i was screaming no i'm not a victim i'm a spiritual leader i'm an entrepreneur this is so wrong you know how how dare you label me as such and then i had immediately after i had another uh, moment of thinking wow you know I've, I've been conducting my life, you know, as a as a victim. I, you know, I, I I've been blaming a lot of things for my circumstances. I've been blaming God. I've been blaming all the unavailable men I've been dating. I've been blaming the IRS. I've been angry at God. I've I've, I've actually been living like a victim, and that was just a big wake up call for me because I realized, wow, I'm I'm living like a victim, and uh, that doesn't work. You know, if you're trying to create financial abundance and you're projecting this victim martyr into the reality. It's it's uh, not compatible with abundance. 
instance. So that was a big aha turnaround point for me because after that, I, I started rethinking this whole victim thing, saying, wow, you know, if I'm going to turn things around, I got to get out of this victim mindset. So that was probably one of the biggest, my biggest wake up call there. We are talking to Jennifer Noel Taylor. The book is Spiritual and Broke, How to Stop Struggling with Your Money and Live Your Purpose. What was the result of this uh, a car ride you took? Did they find the attacker? Did they find the person who assaulted you? You know, they never found him, as far as I know. And it, it actually, it, it didn't matter to me, because what I learned from it, ultimately... You know, this is eight years, this is uh, nine years later. What I learned from it was, was my biggest reward as I was able to process it because being able to step into a more empowered way of approaching life really, uh, really changed everything. So, yeah, but they never caught him. Jennifer, I've had a lot of women on the show who have been assaulted or have a story like this to tell. And eventually they got to a point where that the situation became uh, a blessing in their life in a sense that they were able to grow and change and produce uh, good things for other people from it. But I've never spoken to anyone who had such a quick turnaround. It actually took me took me eight years to, to really fully recover from oh, it. Okay. I had that realization. You know, I think this, this stuff gets really heavy and really deep and, and trauma can can last for a long time as yes. we process it. So yes. I'm not claiming I had a quick turnaround. I had that realization okay. in the back of the car, but it took me eight years to really process through it and, and come to terms with it. All right. That makes a lot more sense to me. I'm sorry I didn't catch that the first time around. So over those eight years, as you are healing and getting, you know, the, the, the schmutz of trauma that gets into every nook and cranny of a person's being, as you are releasing that, what is it that you start to practice that made you able to hold on to money or, or have a different relationship with money? The first thing I started to practice as I started to come to terms with this was recognizing every time I had a victimy or martyr thought. And you know, I had a lot of those. So it was just becoming aware of that. You know, every time I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll never get ahead because I have to pay this big tax bill or I can't afford a house or, you know, all these, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has those types of thoughts that just feel hopeless or I'll never get out of debt. Every time I had a thought like that, I, I started to reframe it and, and catch myself and say, wait, I, I'm not a victim here. I created my debt. I, I What an amazing feat to create so much debt. <laughs> I can create the ability to get out of it. You know, so I started to reframe myself in a more powered thing because in essence, I managed to create $135,000 of debt. So I'm like, wow, what an amazing creation to create all that debt. And so I, I wonder to- what she can do next. Yes. <laughs> so how, how did you create the power to erase that debt and live better? So the, the first thing that I did was, you know, that, that recognition, the aha moment of, wow, I created all this. And I'm spending... You know, I'm responsible for all the money I spend, and I'm responsible for making money. So I, I reframed my, my level of empowerment around it, and then I thought, I'm going to dive into my spending patterns. I know that we all hate budgets. Nobody likes budgets, and I didn't do it by doing a budget, but I just started to become aware of, uh, am I really spending money on things that actually have meaning for me, or, or is there some other reason I'm spending money. And I took a really deep dive into every time I put down my credit card, every time I pulled out a wad of cash, I looked at, you know, am I buying something right now that actually has some sort of meaning? 
And I even went through my bank statement and, and assigned an emotional value to every line item of spending, saying, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much actual emotional or life value did I receive? Tell me what that this. looks like. I had a habit of buying magazines as I checked out. Right. Whole Foods or the drugstore, there's Cosmo or whatever. So I just buy that. And I didn't really think about how much value did I really receive from reading these magazines. And when I started to think about that more deeply, I thought, wow, I don't... I'm not really getting a, you know, the equivalent value of what I'm spending on this. So I just kind of automatically stopped buying those because for me, it, it wasn't producing a lot of value. And there was a lot of other areas of that that weren't really bringing value to me. I was spending money on um, different things that didn't have value. For example, I had a lot of clothes in my closet that I never wore. I had uh, makeup I never wore. I had a, an amazing collection of uh, throw pillows that I never really used. I just, it just these little things oh, that would add up. Oh, but they're so pretty. They're so pretty. I just had a hundred of them. Okay. Now, when you looked, when I love this, and I'm going to do this. When you go line by line through what you spend, what were the big things that you could put a heart next to? Some of the things were um, food. For me, organic food was valuable. Spending money on my health, you know, that was that was a ten for me. You know, my gym membership, uh, that was a ten for me because I went I went every day. So things that furthered my health were really important to me. So I did put hearts next to those. That was probably my biggest expense that, that I did resonate with. You know, I spoke to the other day, Ken Honda. Ken Honda wrote the book Happy Money. Oh, I'm not familiar. You must read yeah. this book. And he talks about how some money is happy money. Like when you hand that money over to the gym, you're like, yay, this makes me feel good. But when you're mm-hmm. paying for that sixth magazine of the month, you're like, yeah, not so much. You know, give me my six mm-hmm. bucks back or whatever. So I get this. Spiritual and Broke is the book. Jennifer Noel Taylor is the guest. Things are better now in your quantum touch business, right? You feel more secure, secure enough that you can write a book and teach other people. So you have you have everybody listening now. Go ahead and just tell people what you think they could do to get to a better place. There's a couple of things I feel like you can do immediately. One is a self-awareness exercise with spending. Uh, that's really easy to do and it's and it's immediate. Um, another thing is just looking at whenever that victim mindset comes up, just being aware of it and, and reframing that immediately. So every time, uh, you know, you have that thought of, well, the IRS sucks or I'll never get ahead or my interest on my debt's hopeless or those types of thoughts, just reframing it and say, I can do this. I can pay it off. I'm, I'm empowered. You know, I have the ability to, to get debt. I can get out of it. That, that type of thinking. So just doing a, a, a conscious awareness of, Anytime that victim thing comes up and and shifting that around, those are two really immediate things people can do. And you know, when you have that thought, you know, I can do this, it's from that thought that all the other good thoughts will come. Because then you'll start to think, well, how can I do this? Can I call the credit cards and ask for a lower rating? Or can I get a side hustle? Or can I, your brain starts to go down the path of I can, which has possibilities instead of I'll never, which has no possibilities. Yeah, well said, because you can look at the world as a, as a realm of obstacles or a realm of possibilities, and, and both are available to you at every moment, so that's really well 
said, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when I started thinking I can do this, I started to have other thoughts of, can I renegotiate debt? Can I, what can I do? Can I bring more revenue doing this? And, and so on and so forth. So great point. Well, I read your book, Spiritual and Broke. Yeah. So we That's want awesome. you to be spiritual and abundant. So this is all good stuff. Uh, Jennifer, wonderful, wonderful book. Thank you for taking time out for us today. Where can we go to find more information about you? Oh, there's two places. Uh, one is my website, which is jennifernoeltaylor.com or spiritualandbroke.com. And I have a lot of information about myself and my book there. And then I have another website if you're interested in energy medicine. It's uh, called quantumtouch.com. So I hope you get a chance to check it out. Spiritual and broke, Jennifer Noel Taylor, just one word, victim, made her realize she was not one of those. Thank you so much for shining on today. Jennifer, we'll be back soon to talk about quantum touch. Our thought for the day is from Anonymous. Maybe you've heard this before. One smile can start a friendship. One word can end a fight. One look can save a relationship. One person can change your life. Tell your story and shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.